Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Tech Edition Podcast. I'm Kerry Brown, and I have my brother Clarence with me. How you doing, Clarence? I'm doing pretty good, man. Ready to uh, do this thing again. We've been on a little hiatus, but we're back and ready to uh, to delve some news, among other things. What about you, man? You doing all right? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, just for future reference and for the sake of posterity, this is season slash phase two, episode nine. Title to be determined. <laughs> Today is March the 14th, 2017. Pie Day, man. Happy Pie Day. Yeah, so uh, I can't name any pie past the 1-4, so I don't know my geek cred has been taken, but. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right, so yeah, Pi Day. Um, yeah, I, one thing I learned by hanging around nerds is that I'm not really a nerd because man, people get so like detailed about Pi and about astro, <laughs> about astrophysics and stuff, and I'm just like, yeah. uh, I like Dragon Ball Z for real. <laughs> I think I think kind of the 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 geek nomenclature is kind of taken over, and you know, you have the true nerds out there, the the math geeks, the 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 people who really are into that nerdum of, of of science and math and things like that but i think geek is kind of taken over as like you know i like weird pop culture stuff and yeah. other things oh man just like a funny side note here um in 2005 i went to e3 for the first time i at that point i don't think i'd ever even flown on a plane before so i hop on a plane to meet up with some people that i just knew on the internet um <laughs> Cause that always cra- turns out right. <laughs> <laughs> so we all crash, we all crash in this hotel room for a week and we go to E3 and it was awesome. But one thing I learned on that trip is that I, I, I thought I was a nerd. My friends treated me like a nerd back uh-huh. home. One thing I learned was that I am not a nerd. Like I like some geeky stuff, but oh my God, those people had me like, wow, <laughs> wow, you, you, you have a furry fetish. Wow. Like that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's, I don't know what that is. Extreme. Okay. So, sorry. Yeah. Sidebar there. Sidebar. Shall we hop into the news? <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, you know, they're making this movie called Ghost in the Shell. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Scarlett Johansson, you know. Oh, yeah. That one. <laughs> So, um, I thought you meant they were making a real Ghost in the Shell movie. Ooh, oh, burn, burn, burn. Uh, yeah, but so I uh, kid, I kid. Yeah, and when does it come out? Later this month or early next month? Uh, it, uh it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty it's, imminent. Yeah, it, it, it's soon, uh, regardless of the exact date. March 31st, oh, two weeks. Man. Two, yeah. yeah, two weeks. I want to see this movie, even though, man, it's getting big hate on the internet. <laughs> Seems like it's getting worse as the date approaches. Uh, the hate is getting great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, um, they're going to actually dub this in Japanese and guess who's going to be doing the dubbing? Who? According to the verge, the original cast from the, uh, 1990s anime Ghost in the Shell is going to be coming back to do the Japanese dub of this live action movie. What do you think about that, Carrie? Well, for the Japanese uh, audience, like this is something that's fairly common. Um, as far as like American movies, they don't 
really do subtitles there. I mean, I think they do on certain things, but for more of the mainstream releases that were filmed like foreign films, they actually overdub them. And um, there are a couple of people that have like pretty prominent careers, which, you know, voice acting as a whole, you know, they're kind of the whole there's a few well, more than a few Japanese voice actors that are like rock stars. Oh, you really? Know? So <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool. I kind of have a confession to make, though. Oh, what's that? <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever seen Ghost in the Shell or Standalone Complex or any of the movies in Japanese. <laughs> Because, I mean, because the English cast is so good. Yeah. Um, there are a few, there are a few anime properties like this, uh, Cowboy Bebop, uh, Samurai Champloo, which is basically the same, some of the same cast. There's a few that, like, I actually think the English dub is superior to the Japanese. And oh, I know wow. that's like, that's like sacrilegious to say, but Cowboy yeah. Bebop especially, like, unless you're just like hardcore, and I'm pretty hardcore, but like, unless you're just like super, super hardcore, like, anime is only anime if it's <laughs> subtitled. I mean, there's no reason to watch the Japanese dub because the English dub of Cowboy Bebop is perfect. So, I mean, I, I mean, so, I mean, I just never really was compelled to to listen, you know, to listen or watch the Japanese version. But I still think this is really, really cool, and I bet you some people will <laughs> reverse import this <laughs> and watch the Ghost in the Shell movie with the Japanese cast subtitled in English. I just, I know that's going to be pure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny. Cause like, uh, of course, English is kind of the dominant language, but we don't get much of content from other places where, which we dub over it. You know, back in the day we had all the old yeah. uh, Chinese and Japanese movies where the, the karate movies or, or yeah, the Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, the Jack and Chan movies in the nineties, like that was very, very common. Yeah. I think Rush Hour in Shanghai Noon and Nights, like I think those are the only two movies that he re- like properties that he released here. And there was the one where he fought Jet, Jet Li too. I think that was in English. What was that movie called? Uh, I can't. I can't yeah, you know what the, I'm talking the, about, the, right? The, was, yeah, the Monkey King like, thing. I can't remember. Yeah, what it, was it was like the Karate Kid thing where the kid was like getting bullied, and then he goes into the fantasy world, and he comes out, yeah. and he's like. He's like a ninja master or something. I enjoyed that but movie. yeah, that movie. But yeah, they don't really do this a whole lot over here anymore. So it's yeah. Yeah, cool. you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I just found that funny because I didn't realize it until I actually got into this story and thinking about it. Like we don't we don't do that the other way too much. <laughs> but you know, Hollywood is kind of the the cream of the crop when it comes to live action anyway. So yeah. I know some of the foreign films, like as far as like animated stuff, they still do dubs. But other than that, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, man, uh, how's that vibe <laughs> working out for you? The vibe? Um, honestly, <laughs> I guess I could be pretty candid here. Um, so I bought my vibe. I hooked it up in like the first month. Like I was super, super jacked about it. Like I loved it. And over the past <laughs> three months, it's just been sitting in my closet. Oh man, do you have the controllers as well, or is yeah, yeah, I have the controls. I have every. Oh the whole wow, thing. Like, it's still not the, tickling your fancy. Yeah, the vibe package comes with everything, man. Like I'm, I'm gonna be like completely honest with you. It's awesome, but that headset, you get so sweaty in it. Oh, like your head, man. Your, your eyes start to sweat, or your head starts to sweat, and then things start getting cloudy, and it's just. You can't wear it for very long, and I think the the PlayStation VR is a little better with that, as far as like being able to wear it for longer periods of the time. Like that's one of the things that just kind of killed it for me, is because like a I don't have a whole lot of time to begin with, uh-huh. and b it's like 
I don't leave it hooked up because <laughs> I don't have like a whole lot of room for it right yeah. now. And it's like, I got to spend like 15 minutes setting it up to play for like 45 and it's just, oh, I don't know. Man. It's just been sitting in a box. That's, that's not and a very yeah. glowing review, man. I, I know I lose nerd cred for that, but it's, it's just to the point, man, like right now, I would rather have like a 27 inch adaptive sync <laughs> 1440p monitor than have that vibe sitting in my oh, wow it's just i think you're being a bit of an old curmudgeon dude <laughs> i think it's just a matter of practicality like i really am a proponent of vr i think it's going places but it's just those sets have to get lighter and cooler <laughs> like not cooler is in awesomer cooler is in like heat yeah <laughs> before like i'm just completely sold yeah. like there's a wireless one coming out for the vibe and i just that thing's gonna, it's just gonna be a, a oven on your head. <laughs> I just, I just, I just know it. <laughs> well, the only reason I bring this whole thing up is, and I won't really go into details, but, uh, if you've been keeping up with any type of news coming out of, uh, Facebook slash Oculus, uh, I have, I have. This is an interesting yeah. story, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the <laughs> Oculus and, and Zenimax have been going at it toe to toe for the last several months. And man, uh, eventually, the judgment came down on Zenimax's side in the original suit and um Facebook was was ordered to pay them a certain amount of money and you know it was just weird because what do you do when you have this great programmer who has his idea and wants to do this product but you say no but then he gets swept up by this other company and what rights do you have to someone's knowledge? You know, if exactly, if someone knows exactly. how to do something or if they created something, what kind of copyright or, or um, rights over that train of thought or knowledge do you have over that person? And this is kind of uh, exactly what this whole lawsuit <laughs> seems to be about. Uh, the great John Carmack, you know, this dude is like super smart, man. Um, the Galvert Ed, the founder of it. And, you know, it's just, it's just crazy how, um, when they didn't want to do what he tried to egg them on to do. And once he got swept up by Facebook slash Oculus, uh, they come around and sue. Of course, you know, Facebook has infinity dollars and, and, yeah. you know, so I, that would kind of irks me about the whole thing. If they want to get yeah. up for uh, delving out trade secrets, I get that. But they waited until the Oculus got bought by Facebook to do yeah. so. So that just seems kind of scheming to me. Uh, it's I don't just like-, like to me, it's it's super super nuanced, right? So okay, so you have this kid. His name's Palmer Lucky. He's just like this ordinary dude, right? And he's like, I want to make a VR headset. And um, he ends up teaming up with John Carmack, you know, the like you said, the legendary programmer. And, like, John Carmack is doing this on his spare time. Like, he's just – his free time, his off downtime, he is, like, helping this kid develop this headset, right? And, um, like you said, he optioned it to, to ZeniMax, and they're like, we don't want that crap. And, and if you don't know, ZeniMax is the parent company of Bethesda. Which also, ZeniMax also purchased, uh, id software like a couple yeah. of years back. And, um, but anyway, so they're like, fine, fine, fine. We're going to do Kickstarter. So they do the Kickstarter and it's like hugely, hugely successful. And, you know, ZeniMax is like, oh, that's cute, you know? And then they start like, this thing starts getting some steam and Facebook just drops a whole buttload of money on them. And then, yeah, at, at that point, it's like, wait a minute. 
we they feel like they deserve some of this money and yeah. the the funny thing to me is it, it like kind of parallels two stories that i have not to just draw this out but one of them is from like a fake thing so i don't know if you watch silicon valley do you watch silicon valley oh yeah oh yeah this is basically the same thing that happened <laughs> when <laughs> remember so he has this this compression algorithm and but it's wrapped into this like goofy site about searching for like songs or something yeah yeah and like the hooli people just completely don't want it they're like what is it you know we don't want this and then um he goes to the guilt what is his name uh gavin yeah gavin's uh I can't gavin remember. something or other and the dude's like Aviato. <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. that's the, yeah. the company i've got to um, so anyway, they figure out that like this compression algorithm is really, really cool. It starts gathering hit of steam and then Hooli's like, um, how can we make money off of this? Let's sue him. Yeah. He did that. He did that while he was here and it's kind of the same thing. And it's, I like, I, not to get too detailed, but even like with some places I've worked before you, um, you know, when you sign your employment agreement, it says like anything you create that's related yeah. to this. You know, it belongs to our company. Yeah, that's yeah, it's really weird, man. Uh, there's all types of uh, contractual agreements and stuff you have to sign with companies these days. And if you're not minding your, uh, the, your P's and Q's, you're going to definitely <laughs> run into some issues if you come up with something cool. Um, but yeah, man, and, and what compounds this issue is the fact that Palmer Lucky got into, I was say trouble, but he did some kind of, uh, less than worthy things during the election with the whole Trump thing that kind, that was kind of frowned, frowned upon. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, he is not a good figure at this point for the company <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just been a huge mess, man. And and I hope that they can kind of get through this with unscathed, <laughs> but, but man, yeah. VR is, VR doesn't need anything else to bring it down. It's going to be hard, <laughs> a hard, uh, road to hoe anyway. So, um, yeah. things like this kind of just kind of takes away from, from the hype. Yeah. That being said, I really want to do like, uh, get some time in on a PS4 because like I, the PS4, vr or whatever it's PSVR. called yeah just to compare because i know on the pc there's a lot of indie stuff and there's a lot of like stuff there's nothing from like major publishers nothing's like super super polished and i know with the ps4 like i think the cheapest vr games are like 20 30 bucks so there has yeah. to be like a certain level of quality that even though the graphics aren't as good i feel like the games are probably higher quality on the PS4. I just want to confirm that. Yeah. Well, I know point. that Batman game was really popular, but other than that, I don't know if there's been any one thing out of it that kind of, I've heard a lot of noise about at all. Yeah. I know Resident Evil 7 came oh, out yeah. and that's PS4 exclusive VR. So I would, I haven't heard anybody talk about it though. So it would be interesting. Like if you're out there listening and you have a PSVR, you know, feel free to shoot us an email or something. Let us know. If you want to record, even record like some audio and just tell us about the PSVR, like we'd love to listen to it and play it on the show. Oh yeah, I, I I have no frame of reference with the PSVR, so I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, and just real quick, uh, from what I've heard, I think it, the PSVR is, is very good, except it has some drift issues that have kind of been prominent. Uh, so other than that, yeah. I haven't heard anything bad about it really. Uh, they say it's very comfortable. So yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Cool. So man, what if I told you you can get another subscription on top of your 
<laughs> Xbox Live. Uh, just just nine ninety nine more, and uh, and I don't know if you even can get this without Xbox Live. I guess they haven't laid that out yet, but and a subscription of a library of a hundred games that you can download and play that periodically change changes out from month to month. Um, does that seem like something that would be appealing to you? Well, just doing some simple math here, that would be $120 a year, which is the equivalent of two <laughs> new games, which these games aren't, these games aren't brand new, yeah. but I mean, let's say they're retailing for 20 bucks a month, which they are probably not, probably more than it. I mean, a yeah. hundred games, I, I think that's, I think this is a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, I agree. And you got to think, uh, think of grandma or, or mother that goes to the store and buys a, a Xbox one for their child. And you know, you come home and you pay $10, 10 extra dollars on top of that. And you got crap for them to play for the next month, you know, until you mm-hmm. decide if you want to continue with this, this description or not. So I think the, the, one of the best parts about it is the, uh, the buy into the console and having a ready made library library for for yeah. the new user with is 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 kind of awesome. Yeah, I feel like um once uh which I think like so Sony started the free games with your subscription, yeah. your online subscription. Nintendo's copping that now, and I think Microsoft was just thinking to themselves, "How else can we differentiate?" And like, this is perfect. This is like net. Yeah. This is literally Netflix. Netflix for games, literally. So, yeah. um, I feel like this is going to take off. Uh, I I really do. Could you imagine? Just think for a second. Could you imagine if Nintendo <laughs> came out tomorrow and said, "Okay, you can play the hundred, one hundred greatest Nintendo games for ten dollars a month." Do you realize, like, they would, they would, they, it, it'd be over. It's a like, console would, seller. I would go <laughs> and buy a console the next day. Cause they would win. They would win the console war. Yeah. I mean, Which, and you would hope that they can get their online act together, even if they don't do something as, as, uh, fabulous as this. <laughs> you know, you would oh, hope man. they can get their online act together eventually. So. I don't want to bash Nintendo, but like, I have a few coworkers and friends that have a Switch. And one thing they told me is that you cannot, transfer your saves there's no cloud saving so if your your switch breaks and you have to like send it in for repair and they send you a new one then you just have to start your games over oh nintendo we've saved your lockdown we've been down this uh, long road before (laughs) but uh, maybe maybe that won't be an issue for too long because it looks like um It looks like um the switch is maybe one step closer to being jailbroken. Uh just to kind of sum this up, uh QWERTY-or-y-up. how do you say that? Uh. Anyway, this this <laughs> iOS hacker, let's just say it like that. This iOS hacker, um they they have all kinds of jailbreaks for Apple devices and um apparently the switch uses some the same software web, WebKit browser or something in yeah, the background. Yeah, yeah, there isn't a browser built into the switch, but there are certain situations where um a browser comes up. So let's say you want to link your Facebook or your Twitter to your Nintendo account or something. So a page pulls up, and um it's you know it's using WebKit to render the page. Apparently, there's some exploits that Apple patched a year ago that Nintendo <laughs> is leaving in their newly released console, and 
I mean, the, it's it's just terribly ironic because that's like I was I was telling you about how you can't transfer saves. Uh-huh. Um, because like it's funny, like the last four Nintendo consoles, like that's how they've been hacked is from game saves. Uh. And uh, and I guess they were like, if we just take the game saves out, then we won't get hacked. Wrong. Yeah. I mean, th- nerds will find a way. Yeah, I, I really wish they would have had Android underlying the Switch because it seemed like it just makes sense to have a ready-made library of apps and stuff like that. But I, especially I, since it's an it's essentially a Nvidia Shield. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. So, right. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, do you, do you <laughs> think anything good will come out of this? Though, you think you'll actually get do. hacked to um, get third party? Well, not third party, but old Nintendo games, or even maybe some of the uh, the emulators and stuff I, on the system. All I will say is that Nintendo better be on this like a hobo <laughs> on a ham sandwich, because let me tell you, this is what killed the Dreamcast. Piracy is what killed the Dreamcast. Oh man! Like like um. Sega thought if we just make a disc that's bigger than 650 megabytes, the hence the Giga Disc, which this is the media they created for the Dreamcast, they're like there'd be no way to pirate this. But all the hackers did was compress all the audio files so the <laughs> disc size was less than 650 megabytes, and they could burn it on CER and then then oh, in the Dreamcast. Man. So hopefully, I'm I'm pretty sure they'll be on this, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. Yeah, no, just, just, uh, round things off in the news section. A bit of more, uh, gaming news. The, uh, the PS4's online streaming service, what is it called? PS Now, PlayStation Now? Uh, um, yeah, PlayStation Now. So, they're, uh, lately they've been taking their, that PS Now, PlayStation Now functionality off of a lot of TVs and things like that. And people thought the service was either going away or dying in some capacity. But, on the PC, uh, we are getting PlayStation now. Um, it's, 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 uh, gonna have PS4 games as well as all the games we had before in the, uh, the PS3 back library. So, so this is going to be a new thing coming to PC. It hasn't been on PC so far. And, you know, a lot of people wondering why I wasn't on PC already in the first place. Uh, cause it seems like it's so well suited for that medium. Eventually, uh, seems like we'll get a lot of good, a PS4 goodness on it, and uh, I think that's going to be good for everybody. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm excited about this, but it's just another way to play some PS4 games if you don't have a PS4. So, and you know, like I, I, I still don't know if the whole Gaikai thing, which is what like Sony bought to turn into PlayStation now. You remember Gaikai? Oh yeah, back in the day. I don't know if this is the solution. But what I will say is Sony's being really, really, really Trojan horse about this. And what I mean is a lot of TVs now come with PlayStation Now capability. Did you know the DVD, the Blu-ray player that you bought for me for Christmas? I can hook a Bluetooth controller up to it and access PlayStation Now. Oh, I, oh cool, cool. I don't know like they're, they're putting this in everything. So like I've, I just feel like it's a natural extension or transfer you know, to, to extend it to the PC because I mean, that's just another, I, I guess it's, I guess it's guy kind of coming full circle really. Yeah. Cause it started on the PC. I, I think it's awesome. But again, like I said at the top, they are, they are taking it out of a lot of TVs and devices. So, um, I don't know what is the criteria for where, where they're removing it or, um, discontinuing access, but they are removing it from something. So I really don't know what the motive is. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know if maybe the, yeah, I have no idea. That, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's in the news. You want to take a quick break? Yeah, yeah. We'll be back in a second. Hey, guys. Like the Tech Petition Podcast? You might also like our friends over at realitybreached.com. The Reality Breach Podcast is all about video games, movies, and a whole lot more. Things tend to get a little weird, so enjoy. Subscribe and tell your friends. Again, that's realitybreached.com. Welcome back to the podcast. All right, so um, what's next on the menu? Are we going to talk about some releases? Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a very interesting month, uh, the month of March. So um, Yeah. So, yeah, um, do you want to just start at the top or kind of uh, hit from the 14th? Well, we can, or? We can, we can kind of just see if there's anything on here that kind of piques our interest. We don't have to go through all of them. Um, of course, yeah. Nintendo, uh, the Switch came out this month, so there's a... a not a bunch of Nintendo games. Well, I, I'll put it like this. They're not a bunch of good Nintendo games. <laughs> <laughs> of, of course. How we, dare you talk about like that to, to, to hey, about one, two switch. Don't shoot the messenger, man. It's a uh, modern classic. <laughs> not, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, of course the big 10 pole release out of that is going to be, uh, the legend of Zelda breath of the wild, which had like a hundred or 99 something, uh, yeah. Metacritic score for the longest until some dude wrote like a 70, a 75 yeah. review and brought it down or whatever. Uh, and, and caused outrage across the internet, <laughs> but <laughs> man, I, only thing I will say about Zelda is that, like, I, I, I agree that, like, most people have just loved this game, but I've heard that it has, like, super, super bad frame rate issues, especially on the Wii and, uh, the Wii U. Uh huh. Um, like, when you go into towns, they see, like, it drops below, like, 30 frames a second, which is pretty bad. Yeah. And I've, I've heard that the Switch version has frame rate issues as well. Now, I get that that doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the game, but I mean, that's just, come on. 30 yeah. frames a second? Less than 30 frames a second? Come on. Yeah, and, and one of the things, you know, I'm sure it's a great game. I'm sure if I played it, I probably wouldn't put it down for like a week straight or whatever. But the thing that kind of gets me is, okay, people, I know you love Nintendo. I know Nintendo is an iconic company. Their console is iconic. Zelda is iconic. But they give, they, they tend to give Nintendo a pass a lot of times when it's someone else, they would, uh, you know, give them a scathing review or, or quick to point out some minor thing that might not be perfect. Uh, so I think in that capacity, Nintendo does get a pass. Um, and yeah, they do, which is, which is weird because we, you know, it's kind of like we don't, it's like if they released the Halo every five years, uh, well, that might be about what they do. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know. They were pooping them out there for yeah, a while. This, yeah. this last release is taking a couple years, but yeah, but, but Zelda is so beloved and you know, anytime we get our hands on it, it's just like, it's, it's, it's going to be good unless the game is just, you know, just way off the mark. And of course, I, I think, go ahead. I was just say, I think you hit the nail on the head though, because I mean, if you think about it, you only get a new Zelda every console generation. Yeah. Could you imagine there, there's like a double edged sword there in a good way. You know, if like you said, something like Halo, the one thing is people would miss it because they'd have a chance to miss it because there wouldn't be one coming out every year, every two years. But the other thing is 
there'd be a longer development cycle and yeah. it'd be a much more polished game and it'd be worthy of a high score, you know? So yeah. I think kind of both of those play into the high Zelda scores. Yeah. I mean, I, I will admit I do want to play it cause you know, I, I, I briefly saw a switch someone, uh, at a, at a gaming kind of day we had, had one and I kind of briefly just walked around for a second with it. And it, it does look beautiful on the switch, you know, um, I don't know if the, uh, frame rate issues on the switch, uh, and even hooked up to the dock on the switch or so, uh, or as, or as egregious as they are on the, the Wii U. Um, but yeah, I, I have heard complaints of stuttering in some cases, but overall, you know, the issues are minor, but I just want us to be fair. And if it's another game out there, don't, don't berate them because of the same thing. And you just give exactly. them a pass. So. Yeah, I guess I'll give a big shout to I Am Setsuna, the classic Chrono Trigger style role playing game that looks like it got ported to the Switch for lunch. I didn't know that, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, uh, let's see, what else am I looking forward to on here? Hold on, hold on. and we have other lunch games such as <laughs> World of Goo, which came out like 15 years yeah. ago. <laughs> Just Dance 2017, Super Bummer Man R. Oh man, this lineup is little not good. in inferno human resource machine. Yeah, let's just say that the Switch launch lineup isn't very strong. Which I mean, I, I guess most launch lineups aren't very strong to me. And this just may be the fanboy in me. I feel like the the strongest launch lineup of the past twenty years was the Sega Dreamcast easily. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, um, man, I, I don't know. This, this, if it weren't for Zelda, um, yeah, then, there'd be no reason to buy this machine yeah. if it wasn't for Zelda. Yeah. And even so, hey. it's, it's going to be kind of hard going. You know, you have Zelda this month. Uh, I think, uh, Mario Kart remastered or Redux or whatever they called it next yeah, month. Yeah. You got a bunch of remakes coming out until Grand Theft Mario comes out this, this winter. <laughs> Grand Theft <So>, Mario. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's, it's gonna be slim pickings, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, man, is there anything else on this list that is noteworthy? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, Platinum Games from um, Bayonetta fame—they are developing in conjunction with Square Enix. They're developing Near Automata, which is a action role-playing game. Um, I haven't seen any reviews for it. I don't know if it's any good, but I do know that Bayonetta—the Bayonetta games were awesome. So. That's something that I would be interested in. I don't think it came to Xbox, but it's coming out for PC, I think, next week. It's already out for PS4, it looks like. Um, that's something I'm looking forward to, as well as Ghost Recon Wildlands, just because I haven't played a Ghost Recon game since Xbox 360. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I just, and it's supposed to be like an open world Ghost Recon yeah. game. So like, that sounds interesting to me. Um, I didn't get a chance to pick it up. I get paid tomorrow, so I don't know if I'm, I'm gonna buy something. I just don't know what. Yeah. Um, I may pick that up. So our friend Johnny Green has been playing this. We might have to have him on to kind of discuss it because I think he's been really diving into it. But yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. An open world Ghost Recon, which is, is, is kind of weird, but, uh, <laughs> the games they before really kind of felt open world ish. Uh, yeah. if I remember correctly, uh, but I can see scale being uh, a big factor if they can, you know, make the, 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 uh, level that you're playing in 10 times as big might be kind of cool. Yeah, that sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
extreme. Um, Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh yeah, which we'll get into a little later. Yeah, I'm I'm really pumped for that as well. Um, I played all three of the Mass Effect games, uh, and I really enjoyed all three. So it's just natural for me to want this game. I don't really have any reason to not be looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, uh, they're still making 3ds games. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Oh, yeah. 3DS is still going strong. I was thinking that Nintendo would be killing the 3DS since the Switch is portable. Yeah. Like, I was I was hoping we would finally get a Pokemon, like, console game proper that I could sit in my television and play. But it looks like they're still pushing the 3DS. I mean, it makes sense. There's, like, millions and millions of 3DSs out there. So yeah. uh, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. And aren't they very close in price? Are, 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 is the 3DS up $200 now or... Uh, so the, I think the new 3DS is still like 199. Huh. Or, no, no, I'll take that back, take that back. I think it's like 150. Okay, like okay. 150. Well, I can still see that as a, as a thing that people get, but yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man, man. I th- I'm thinking Let's they say, should just. Oh, nope. It's 199. Really? Holy crap. Yep. Why is there still a 3DS? <laughs> I don't know. Like that's, that's, yeah. There's no point if that's 200 bucks. Well, uh, beside the, beside the fact that you can't find a Switch anywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. no reason to buy a 3DS. Yeah. There's like no reason at all. Well, they might be doing the Apple thing, something every price point, but that's a little too close for what the difference is. <laughs> yeah. It's like pay a hundred dollars more and get like a, uh, Hummer instead of a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I wouldn't drive my Hummer. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, so what else we got here um kingdom hearts hd 1.5 plus 2.5 remix what does that mean okay <laughs> don't don't quote me on this okay but i'm this if i'm remembering what i read correctly so kingdom hearts 1 and 2 came out over 15 years ago yeah no yeah no around 15 years ago 2002, 2003 is when the first one came out. So we'll just say a decade ago. Um, and three's coming out soon. And if you're like me, I played through the first two Kingdom Hearts games and I have, I don't remember anything. <laughs> and they had like all of these like sub games like Dream Drop Distance that came out on the DS, 3DS and Chain of Memories and like all this other stuff. Yeah. To where like if you, cause I play Kingdom Hearts one. And then I played Kingdom Hearts 2 and like I had no idea what was going on because all these little games that were in the middle that actually that weren't just side stories. They actually advanced the story. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, who's this Roxas dude? Like, I have no idea who this is. Um, and yeah, there's like all this other crap going on. So basically this is all of those, the Kingdom Hearts, two Kingdom Hearts proper games and all of the sub games like all wrapped into one. So you can buy this. And play through it and be like completely caught up when ah. three comes out. Um, so if you're into Kingdom Hearts, you know, it, it'd be worthwhile, I guess. Dude, I, I, just, I don't, I, I must admit, I remember you playing these back in the day and I would just be sitting and watching and I'd, I'd be like, what is even going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's Disney characters and this oh, dude with man. a key sword. What is going on? I, I, I never got into it, man. <laughs> Dude, back in the, back in the day, like I remember, that's the first thing I bought when I started working, like my first job at Walmart pushing carts. I put a PS2 on layaway, a PS2 and Kingdom Hearts one on layaway, and yeah, that was like the first thing, a big thing that I bought. And dude, I played the crap out of those two games. I love them. 
Wow. But yeah, now I just I like 10 years, what, 10 years later, 15, 14 years later, I just don't know how I, if I want to go back to <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, you know? I just I don't know. I don't know if I still if I'm still even into that, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure some people like I like I've been like clamoring for Final Fantasy 7 remake. I'm sure some people have been like Please release Kingdom Hearts 3. Henry Presswood being one of them. Oh, I didn't know he was a Kingdom Hearts fan. Oh, dude, like when the trailer came out like a long time ago, when we were, when we first started doing podcasts, a trailer came out, like or a teaser came out for Kingdom Hearts 3, and he was like all over that, man. He was like all about it. And I'm like, eh. Even then, I was like, I don't know, man. To, the, only, the only problem I have is that like I feel like the second game completely wrapped up all the questions I had uh-huh. about Kingdom Hearts. So it's like, I, you know, what are they going to do for the third one? Like, I have no idea. So I guess it's kind of where I am. Cool. <laughs> yeah. What else we got here? Uh, I guess free sports fans, MLB, the show. And that's probably <laughs> only thing I want, only thing left on their list is probably worth mentioning. Um, yeah. So there was a game called Outcast that came out in. 99 for like windows and i think there's a remake coming out for it huh or a sequel uh oh it's a remake it's a remake they're completely remaking it uh yeah so i think that that you know if you're into that there you go (laughs) cool cool oh yeah an overlord they're making a new overlord Overload, never mind. Overload. <laughs> I can't read. I can't read. I was thinking Overlord. You, you have, did you ever play any of the Overlord games where you're like this evil dude and you got like all these little minions that you, it's kind of like an action adventure RTS type thing. No, I, I have not played that. Uh, my friend Dwayne, like he loved those games and I thought it was interesting, but yeah, I just total, totally misread that. So never mind. It's not Overlord. Overload. Weren't, weren't, well. Carry fail. Yeah, so um anything else just in particular that you're looking forward to that's coming out that we didn't mention or um uh, no, I think we kinda covered it. I uh, nothing, nothing else on this list tickles my fancy. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> so I I guess we're moving on to what what are you playing? Uh yeah. And let me just start this off because I want to talk about uh actually that friend you just mentioned, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. He sent me a message on Facebook um a couple weeks ago and said that they were having this old school gaming day. So um Donnie, uh Tony, and Neil, and that's the that's the only people from the old crew that were there besides Dwayne. Uh, yeah, they kind of got together in Hattiesburg and had an old school Halo, uh, day. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so jelly. Did you go? Yeah, I went, man. And they had, um, oh. Xboxes set up, uh, four Xboxes, uh, four, well, it was two projectors and two regular TVs. And yeah, it was I just, suck. Yeah, it was just a, a, a day of nothing but old school OG Halo. And, and man, it was, it was fun. Hang them high with pistols, man. That's the best thing oh, ever. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's funny, just the simplicity of Halo was how it was back then versus now and all these mechanics and, and, and game things that are put on top of just the basic move, run and shoot, <laughs> uh, and pick up weapons and shoot, you know, um, now you have jetpacks, now you have dual wielding and all the other type of stuff. 
So yeah, it was it was fun and refreshing just to go back and play some bare bones OG Halo, and you know, I could I could go back and play a game when I was somewhat decent at. <laughs> I was just horrible. It just, it's just it's it's good to get down to the 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 crux and just the bare bones gameplay, and and it, I had a good time with that. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that real quick. Yeah, I think you know, kids they will never truly appreciate like what how it feels and i think halo did this better than any game and was never able to recreate the experience online is being in the room having two teams of eight people in the same building you know playing against each other i mean it's it was like the only time ever that that consoles you know were able to capture the appeal of a land party because yeah. I mean, that's basically what it is, but yeah, I mean, there's no greater feeling than, than 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 sniping somebody or hitting them with a rocket launcher, and then being able to just physically yell, "I got you!" out loud, and they can hear you in another room. Oh man, oh man, did Rob, did Rob James make it? Man, I wanted him to make it. He didn't come this time. <laughs> oh, I think they tried man. to get him, but but Rob was the man. <laughs> oh man, Rob was like a sailor, man. <laughs> good times man good times oh man so i miss those guys you have any games you want to talk about man oh yeah so briefly uh ea is having this huge sale right now i don't even know if it's still on i think it is where like a lot of games are 50 60 percent off i was able to purchase titanfall 2 for like 24 bucks and i got madden 17 for 23 the deluxe edition and you know i just i i I haven't played it a whole lot. I've just been going through Ultimate Team because that's really the only thing I've done on any of the Maddens. The last two or three Maddens that I purchased. Excuse me. I just play Ultimate Team, which is basically, it's like fantasy football. You just draft some people and then you play games with them. You know, you have your team, which has the logos of your favorite team, but it's made of players from all over the league. And um, the more you play, you know, you can improve your team, get better players, and it's just a lot of fun. If you've never played Ultimate Team, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's just, it's just, you, Madden's just not really some just mindless game anymore, even though like a lot of quote unquote hardcore gamer nerds, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> they, they try to like pass Madden off as some like jock game, but yeah. it's, it is a really, really nuanced, deep video game. Cause as long as I've been playing it, um, if you play against somebody who re- has really, really studied the mechanics of the game, um, they can really, really whoop you around. But yeah. at the same time, with this being a simulation game, um, and it's something that I really like about the 2K games as well, because I have nephews, one of my nephews is like, what, 15, 16 years old, and he has like all of the actual mechanics of the game, like nailed down. Yeah. But because I know the games better, like the actual, like physical, game like i know the game of football and the game of basketball a little better than he does like i'm actually able to play against him even though like i don't have all of the twitch mechanics that he does and i think that's really really cool yeah and i have to say like my favorite mode from uh madden was the um i think we had 16 uh the was it draft champions 
yeah, draft where, where you like play for five games with a certain set of characters that you pick in like a draft style. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I found that real fun when you you can uh, play against somebody you know sitting next to you. You just grab grab a controller and, and do a draft real quick and, and run in and play some games. I, I found that really fun. And yeah, I, I'll be checking that out in this version as well. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to play some draft champions. Yeah, if, I forgot about that. If the fracking online works, get it right, EA. Oh man, <laughs> that was a pain. Oh, in the last yeah. iteration. <laughs> yeah, it was. Jeez. So yeah, um, that wraps up the the playing, or does it? Um, why don't you kick that kick this next? Sidebar off Clarence. Uh, well, yeah, I don't want to get into, we're going to have a thorough PC discussion pretty soon, so I won't get too deep into this, but, uh, my kind of Plex server slash, uh, main desktop PC that I had sitting in the corner that I remoted into for crap, <laughs> it, it died and I, I wound up kind of going, going for the gusto and getting a, a pretty sweet rig. So there is a, uh, site that Carrie told me about. <laughs> <laughs> called hardware leaderboard and that is a uh, pc perspective pcper.com yeah pcper and you know back in the day i used to do all the research to try to find you know the right parts for a computer and i'm old i'm lazy and so i just go to this site and they have kind of like a preferred high-end spec specs for a system so I went up, end up kind of getting my PC and getting a new mo- motherboard, uh, i7 processor, some memory and, and, uh, a, a, a souped up power supply. And I'm kind of trying to rebuild my rig and, and yeah, I won't go into details on exactly what I got, but we'll kind of, we're going to kind of talk about it in some upcoming, coming episodes. And, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's the first PC I built since 2010. So kind of jumping back on that bandwagon to have some, some, you know, hardware that's not shined upon by Carrie and his rest of his game. <laughs> Did you have a better CPU than me now? Like, you have a, what, 7700K? Uh, 6700K. 6700. Yeah, yeah, you have a better CPU than me now. So I have a 6600K. Oh. So you have the, you have the hyper threading and a higher clock speed. So there. Yeah, and, and I'm enjoying it so far. I've, uh, I got the video card that you gave me, which is a 530? 560Ti. Yeah, 560Ti, and I've loaded up a few games on it, and I'm a, I'll be reporting back with more about that. Uh, I, uh, speaking of, of, uh, not EA, but Origin Sales, I actually got, uh, Mass Effect 3 for like 499 on, on their, on their store, so. I'll be loading it up along with some, uh, uh, Batman Arkham City and, and playing through it and, and let you know, uh, how it goes. Believe it or not, uh, Mass Effect 3 actually has multiplayer. So maybe really? we can get on that. I've never played it, but it, <laughs> it does, it does have multiplayer. So maybe that's something we can jump on together. Cool. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> cool. And, um, just to kind of piggyback off what, what he was discussing about PC upgrades, like I'm kind of at a point to where I want to jump beyond the 1080p barrier. <laughs> if that makes sense. So right now I have a FreeSync 144 hertz, uh, 24 inch monitor, which is awesome. Um, I'm running the R9 Nano video card, which for this 1080p is awesome, but I want to get a bigger monitor. Um, something maybe 28 inches, 27 inches, and I want to get something with a higher refresh rate. And my dilemma right now is 
I don't know if the R9 Nano is going to be enough to push it, especially if I go 4K. Like, I, I know the Nano is not going to be able to do it. So I'm just kind of like bouncing in between if I want to crossfire Nanos or if I want to get two 1070s and crossfire that or if I want to get a 1080 or if I want to get a 1080 Ti. <laughs> because like all these, all, like all these setups are awesome. But the only thing about the crossfire and the SLI is that, um, there's some nuances there. Some games don't like actually utilize it well. So on some games, you're effectively just running one card and you have like a $300, $400 paperweight oh, just sitting man. there. And, but I mean, that's not for all games. A lot of games you can see up to like 70% increase by adding oh, wow. another card, which is, that's which is ridiculous. awesome, <laughs> which is awesome, you know, so, but it's just if, I, my thing is now, like, I have, like, this spreadsheet I was telling you about earlier. I have this spreadsheet with, like, 20, 20 different tabs of the different, like, <laughs> computer configurations that I can afford or that possibly buy if I trade some stuff or sell some stuff on Hardware Swap, Reddit, shout out. Um, yeah, so I was even thinking about maybe getting a Ryzen rig because even though Ryzen, you know, as far as, like, the single-core performance isn't as good as a 66 or 6700K, even though it's not as good... Um, you have, you have eight cores and 16 threads. So like, it's, it's still a good processor. Um, it's just not great for like 1080p gaming. When you get to 1440p and 4k, those extra cores actually, you know, they, they help. So especially with Crossfire, cause you need all the CPU throughputs you can, you can get for stuff like that. So yeah. I'm just at a point now where I don't really know what I want to do and, you know, so I will, I guess, maybe write an article and keep you guys posted. <laughs> or maybe by the time we have our PC hardware cast, well, you know, I'll have this figured out exactly what I want to do. So yeah, man. Yeah, I just, I'm, I just I'm, thought that was interesting to bring up. <laughs> I'm coming on to this old PC master race thing. You know, I'm coming around to it. <laughs> oh man, it's like PC people like act like PC gaming so expensive, and it's really not because like a. You only have to buy a new PC every like four or five years. And I know what you're thinking. You only buy a console every four or five years, which is true. But the thing is, if I wanted to buy it, you know, you can spend as much on a PC as you want to, basically. So I guess the easiest, easiest way to look at it is this. So you have the Xbox and you have the uh, PS4, not the Pro, but the regular PS4. I think they're both give or take around 1.6 teraflops of computing power. You know, and you can get a video card right now. You can get a 2.2. I think it, what video card is it? It's the, um, the AMD RX 460. I believe it's 99 bucks and it's 2.2 teraflops. So like, don't tell me that PC <laughs> gaming is more expensive. Like you can, but don't get me wrong. Like you can spend as much as you want literally on a computer, but you can build a nice computer without spending $3,000. You know, it, you don't have to spend all that money, but it's just, you know, whatever you want. Yeah, which, if you want to do, which is, it was funny because, you know, I, we, we talked about this probably 10 years ago about consoles maybe becoming modular at some point. And it, yeah. it's just so funny. I guess now that we're all on the x86 architecture, it's a little bit, uh, more of something that might could happen at this point. But mm -hmm. it, it's just funny how they haven't taken that idea of how hardware drops so quickly in price and applied that to a console and being able yeah. to, to hot swap items out, you know, when you, when there's something that better that comes along at a reasonable price point. 
Now, did they say the Scorpio would be modular? I can't remember if they did or not. They haven't said much of anything about the Scorpio, to be honest. Um, now, I would hope. I'll be on- <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. If if I, I'm not really interested, that interested in the Scorpio, but if they come out and say it's going to be modular, I'll buy. I'm going to buy just to support that idea because, yeah, like, yeah. we need more stuff like that because there's no sense in you know when. When there are there are hardware, there are GPU hardware refreshes just about every year, you know, and major GPU hardware refreshes every two to three years. There's no sense in having to wait. Yeah, four or five. Well, shoot the the last console generation. What it, it was like almost ten years, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, it was pretty long. The the, the, the three sixty yeah. generation. Yeah, it was pretty. It long. was a it was a long time. It was like nine or ten years. So which which which, know, which they may off, uh, they might get around that whole notion by you know like they're doing now iterating on the current generation every couple of years and maybe just coming out with a newer more reasonable console every other year. Uh, yeah. As the other parts of the device go down, you know, the video cards are going to be the the and the processor is going to be the dismissal part of it. So, I, I don't true. I don't know. We'll we'll see what the Scorpio is like. I'm kind of excited about it. I think I'm going to pick it up because I held off on the the One S just because I want the Scorpio. So, yeah, um, we will see. Yeah, man, it's exciting time. And it, just one more thing before we drag this through the mud. Um, I just want to say that, like, I was wrong because, like, I figured by now, you know, thinking back, what, 10 years ago when we started doing podcasts, like, I thought that there was no way that we would still be have we would still have game <laughs> consoles. I was oh, like, really? There was no point, you know, yeah. and I still think that there's no point in having game consoles as, as far as, a, you know. Well, it's, it's, like, it's, it's the Apple of, of, of PCs. I mean, of gaming, uh, of PC gaming, you know, yeah. you, you want something that's ready made and just works. And for that, for the large swath of people, that's what a console provides. There's no, um, th- there's no extra thinking that you have to put into it. You buy this, you buy this game, it should work. So that's the kind of, that's definitely yeah. the benefits of the console. Um, but I, I do get your other point, uh, on how PCs should have supplanted it by this point, you would think. Or at least, or at least have a reference heart, a console, like reference console hardware that yeah. like anybody, like any manufacturer can uh, make. Val- like, Valve tried to do that. It didn't, it didn't take yeah. off. <laughs> Valve, Valve was the wrong person. Like, you know, it's like, Valve was the wrong company to do that. Valve's a PC company. Like if if Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft decided to do that, it'd be it'd be a completely different ball game. But, like I, I feel like what Valve was trying to do was take over the console market. Like you know, I, yeah, I, and maybe. that's not it's not really the same thing. They were trying to take PC and make it a console yeah. as opposed to taking console and making it you know modular. Yeah. Or, yeah, they, you know, were, they were so full of themselves, they made that crappy controller with the- <laughs> Oh my, I hate that controller. Hey, you, I see what they were going for, but man, is that thing laughable at this point or do people actually use it? <laughs> people actually use it. Um, that, like, honestly, the, the keyboard input on the Valve controller or whatever it's the team controller, whatever it's called, is better than it is on any console. Like that's oh, the only really? thing I think. I that's the only thing that I think they nailed. Like look up a YouTube or something of the keyboard input on the Steam controller. It's awesome. But other than that, yeah, I don't think there's any point. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I beat that dead horse. 
<laughs> we running kind of long here. Yeah, we we can skip the watching <laughs> section and go straight into the main discussion because we're kind of we're right at an hour already. So yeah, all I'll say is people who spoil movies, you suck. Yeah, we'll we'll get in we'll get into that at a later date. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm kind of glad we're kind of controlling this because I I do want to I still want to watch the movie and be able to offer some input. But yeah, yeah. straight to the main. So, can I make a confession? Uh, go ahead. I didn't play Mass Effect in order. I played Mass Effect 2 first and loved the bejesus out of it. And I thought, oh man, this is a cool action-y game. You know, you have this dialogue tree. You have these encounters and stuff with these characters. And, you know, you go off the planet, from planet to planet, mine some resources, do cool stuff. <laughs> man, this game is so action-oriented and awesome. Then I went back and played Mass Effect 1. <laughs> <laughs> and I was greatly, greatly, greatly disappointed. Um I still enjoyed it. I did play all the way through it. I enjoyed it for the story, but the gameplay after playing the second one first and going back to the first one, it just felt cumbersome to divert to that type of gameplay. So, oh yeah, as, as a Mass Effect aficionado yourself, do you like more of the um, the action oriented gameplay or more of the uh, is it what do you call it the RTS style or not RTS turn based uh, yeah turn based style of of one yeah I also have a um confession to make <laughs> uh oh I actually played Mass Effect two first as well really um I I I completely skipped the first game had no interest in it. Um, and by the time the second one came out, I had a decent PC and it was like a steam sale or something. I don't know, but I ended up buying it on steam and I, like you, I played through and I loved it. And then three was about to come out. So what I did was I pre-ordered three on origin. Then I purchased one on, um, on steam. So I have one to two on steam. They didn't release three on steam because of origin and exclusivity, whatever. So, and I played through I want because I wanted to play three with like my character, the same character. Uh huh. So I I started back at the beginning and I played through one, and I played through two again, and then I played through three because I wanted to do the. Oh all three. man, you're hardcore, I, dude! I wanted, I wanted to do that too. <laughs> I wanted to get the full experience, but yeah, you're right about one though, man. Like the game mechanics themselves weren't very good, especially the rover truck thing. Oh, oh my was god. Horrible. I, the only thing that drives worse that. than the Warthog used to, uh, is that thing. <laughs> it yeah. is, it is tons worse than, than the Warthog ever was, to be honest. That thing was terrible. Now, one the thing Mako. I will say though, <laughs> yeah, the Mako. Like, one thing I will, that I really loved is because there were some things in two that I'm like, cause they ask you some questions at the beginning, and depending on what you answer, it kind of sums up the actions that you take in the first one. Um, you know, as far as like Rex and the Genophage, like in the yeah. first one, do you remember that where you could just pr- pretty much kill off his entire race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, Decisions. <laughs> yeah, there's another one like that actually, co- the, like the Genophage in particular and the Rachne Queen. I don't know if you remember that, but those two in particular, they come up in the third one. Uh, they don't so much come up in the second one. And, you know, I, I, did you finish the first one? Yeah, yeah, I finished the first. Yeah. So, you know, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this mission where you have to choose who lives between Ashley or Kyan. Yeah. And, you know, like all of that stuff kind of comes into play at later dates. Like Ashley's not really in the second one. 
she's just kind of like a side character or cayenne whoever you decided to you know <laughs> so i i picked ashley because she's a chick so <laughs> but um yeah she's kind of in the second one but she doesn't really you know she's just kind of a side character yeah. liara for liara obvious story well. reasons because of these these uh as you mentioned with your PC configurations, a million of permutations that you have yeah. with the storyline. <laughs> and I, you know, I think a lot yeah. of people were disappointed about how in the third one it all came to, uh, it kind of slimmed back into this one point or, or a few distinct points, which makes sense. Cause if you allow for every yeah. permutation, it would be impossible to, it would take for. them. Yeah, it would take them 20 years to make this game if they accounted for every permutation. And I think the fanboy in us, of some people just seem to forget that. Um, yeah. So confession, I didn't play three. So, and I, again, like I mentioned earlier, I do, I did buy it off origin for like four ninety nine and, and booted it up just to get through the initial title screens. So tell me, um, and I, I don't care about spoilers cause I'm playing anyway, but what's the draw to three and what from three would lead us into four. Okay. So basically, Okay, I'll just answer the last question first. Nothing from three is going to lead into four because it's not a continuation at all. It's a completely new story. It's in a different galaxy. Hence Andromeda. Like, the original Mass Effect is in the Milky Way and the Mass Effect Andromeda takes place in the Andromeda galaxy. So, completely different. Like, no characters. The races and stuff are the same, but like, no Captain Shepard. Nothing. From the first one. No ship. Just to to sum (laughs) that. Just to sum that up, okay, the first the first question, um, so if you like two, like three is like super, super polished. Like okay. it's so much, it's so much fun to play. Like it's way, it's even, it's even more fun to play than two. I mean, that it wow. is so polished. Wow. Like I had so much fun playing through three. Um, the story part, like the, I mean, I feel like there weren't as many like, super key decisions to make maybe just because this is the last game and you know whatever you do is not really going to affect any future games because this is the last in the trilogy um but there was a huge 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 controversy type deal at the end yeah um so at the end you i'm not gonna you know i'll let you enjoy the ride but i'll just kind of cut to the end where you make it to the catalyst and the catalyst is kind of like the controls the uh the synthetic um i can't remember the reapers yeah kind of controls the reapers so like you get to the catalyst and basically you have four choices when you get to the end of this game and this is it, it determines like how the game ends and maybe some people thought oh my god that's just not and i mean it it they're kind of right because regardless of how you play the game in the end, you're going to have these four choices. choices. <laughs> it's going to come down to these four choices. So, I mean, I kind of see what they were upset about, but the four choices are you can sacrifice yourself to um, sacrifice your mind, basically, to control, take control of the Reapers and basically use the Reapers as like the police of the galaxy and rebuild the galaxy and the Reapers become guardians of the galaxy. Oh, <laughs> they, they go from, from ter- total annihilation of the galaxy due to the purge or whatever they called it to now policing. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, pretty much is they're controlled by Shep. Like, you know, his, his conscious is pretty much uploaded into whatever the catalyst and, you know, you end up being the control, sole control of the Reapers and you use them to, like I said, rebuild the galaxy. 
um, save the world or the galaxy, whatever. Yeah. So second choice, um, you can sacrifice yourself and create a new hybrid synthetic organic DNA. And basically, uh, that kind of populates the galaxy and there's like no more war because everything is like a synthetic organic hybrid and there's what no the need to what? fight. <laughs> that sounds about dumb as I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that that one's I didn't like that Kick one. Rocks, um, man. <laughs> the third one um, is you can destroy the catalyst and everything, and destroy all synthetic life, and you know, then you know, happily ever after. And there's even a chance that you can actually survive in that scenario. Like that's the only scenario that you can survive in is if you just destroy all the the geth and whatnot. The Geth, the Reapers, all that synthetic. Oh, like, that's a hard one. I like the Geth. Just kabloom, destroy them all. Yeah, me too. So, um, and then the last one is if you don't make a choice, then of course the Reapers just <laughs> destroy all. <laughs> they destroy all organic life. Oh man, <laughs> the end. So yeah, wow. I can. I yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of the person where, like, to me, a good story is like, all, like, I feel like for a story to be a great story, the hero has to sacrifice himself. Yeah. You know, like, that's just something that's just kind of always been, always been just like cool to me is, you know, when the hero gives up his life to save everybody or whatever. Wait, you're not, so, you're not hinting at something else we talked about earlier, huh? Uh, <laughs> not really, <laughs> but. Now that you, I never made that connection, but yeah, I'm probably going to enjoy that very much now. I, I never thought about it like that. So yeah. Um, but you know, I obviously picked the first choice, you know, sacrifice yourself, control the reapers, so selfless. rebuild the galaxy, you know, and, and I thought it was awesome because I mean, and your choices still kind of, you still, your old choices still kind of like matter because. You know, depending on who you pick for your party for the last mission, um, you know, they appear in the cutscenes afterwards. Yeah, if you're able to survive certain um skirmishes or certain battles, if your team's strong enough, then yeah, in the cutscenes at the end, you know, you'll see those people survive. It's kind of like in um, if you remember Mass Effect Two, <laughs> if you pick the wrong people to do the <laughs> to do the wrong things in that last mission. You know, after your your um, crew gets taken over by the Reapers and you have to go chase them yeah. to, like, save everybody. Like, if you pick the wrong people to do the wrong things, then they just die. You know, so <laughs> it's kind of like that. Uh, and, of course, I don't know if you realize this on Mass Effect 2, just to kind of branch out another thing is if you don't come if you don't immediately follow the Reapers after they take your crew, then, like, your entire crew dies. Yeah, I don't know if I knew that or that situation doesn't come up for me, but man, it's been so long since I played that game. Cause like, like I, so many like, details, I don't see how you remember. Them. Cause it's like, it's, it's, dude, I love, man, I love those games. <laughs> and it's funny because like, it's funny because, uh, let me, what am I trying to say? It's funny because like when they took my crew, when the Reapers took my crew in the second one, I was like, man, I, I want to level up some more and like, you know, like, you know, get some more weapons and stuff and, yeah, my entire crew ended up dying. Like everybody died but the doctor. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. I don't know, man. I love those games and I think I think that, you know, if they take some of those key elements, you know, I don't really care about, you know, me picking a flower in the first game and it ended up changing the world in the third one, you know, yeah. but just have some key points, you know, like like I was saying, like the huge things for me were like the whole Genophage thing. Yeah. Uh, and like just stuff like that to where, you know, if you do certain things like in the later games, 
you know, it, it affects how the game plays out for you because if you kill off, if you kill off all Arachni, then you, you don't even have that, you know, that story, that storyline isn't even available to you in the third one because they're all, you already killed the Ragnar queen and she's dead, you know? So yeah. it's just, it's just stuff like that, that I think is really, really cool. Yeah, kind, of, kind of amazing. They were even able to pull some of that stuff off, man, because of the, the swath of things that are possibilities that could happen. It's just kind of crazy and amazing. Uh, so, so that being said for, um, the, the Mass Effect Andromeda, do we know if it will be a trilogy? Do we know if we have the same type of arcing decision tree, uh, decisions that actually lead up to something that could affect another game or, or is this a, uh, experience unto itself or do we even know at this point? Um, well, I do know that it's third person. It's actual role playing <laughs> like the previous ones. Um, and, and you know, as far as like in the last game where you had last games, you had to pick like a character class in this game, you kind of just assign whatever skills you want and, you know, kind of build toward a specialty, you know, as you get to the end of the game, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're, you, you know, you're a soldier or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, you just kind of pick what skills you want and then your class kind of branches out of that. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more action oriented, which is a good thing for me. Yeah. Cause I really, I thought the shooting in the first, the last two games was excellent, you know, so, um, there, there are definitely going to be dialogue trees. Uh, but as far as like, let's see here. <clears throat> you won't be able to pause the game to like use skills or anything. So it, I mean, there are definitely going to be some differences. I, I like that though. I like that it's going to be more action oriented. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot more fun. Uh, it seemed like I saw some, some videos of some, uh, aerial moves and more like dives and cover mechanics that they added in that seemed pretty cool. Yeah. You'll have, a, um, you'll have a jetpack, I think. So yeah, that's another thing that's going to be kind of really cool. Uh, you're, you're playing, um, there won't be a, a ship that you can kind of turn into a woman or a man. You'll like the two main characters are twins. They're Scott and Sarah Ryder. So you kind of <laughs> pick whichever one you want. And their father, let me, I'm going to read this Wikipedia so I don't screw it up. Let's see. Basically your father is like lost or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Their father, Alec Ryder is humanity's pathfinder. So there you go. Like, you know, and he is tasked with finding a new home for the species. And apparently he gets lost and they go after him or he dies. Why does that sound familiar? That sounds like something else. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but that sounds just like a movie I've seen lately. I don't know what it. Uh, yeah, but that sounds cool, though. Nonetheless. Uh, oh, wow. Wow. This is something I didn't know. Okay, it takes place in 2185, so it's between the events of the second and third games of the trilogy, original trilogy. Really? So, four, it says, four Citadel, the four Citadel Council races are planning to populate new home worlds in the Andromeda Galaxy. It's part of a strategy called the Andromeda Initiative. Each race will send 20,000 citizens on a one-way, 600-year journey to Andromeda, aboard their own transportation vessel, it's a vessel called an Ark. And select the leader. So that's basically their dad was the leader called the Pathfinder. Once the races arrive, they will help build the Nexus, a huge space station that serves as the center of government and diplomacy, living area, as well as a base operation for the Pathfinders. Okay, so there you go. That makes a lot of sense, man. The opening scenes of, of uh, Mass Effect 3, the, the Reapers are descending upon <laughs> the Citadel. So We so. gonna die. 
<laughs> that makes it, a it lot makes, of sense. It makes perfect sense now. Like, yeah. So, yeah. That makes sense, too, because I guess since this takes place before the end of the series, which are in another galaxy, so I guess it doesn't maybe, really matter. Yeah, maybe it doesn't affect them. The, the decision yeah. tree at the end. Yeah. There's no canon ending, it doesn't look like. So, to like the third, you know, so kind of like Street Fighter, you can be with anybody, but you know, in canon, like Ryu wins a tournament. Yeah. There's like no, there's no canon um, ending to Mass Effect 3. So, I guess it doesn't really matter since it takes place before the end, but I just think that's interesting that there's no official ending to the game. Yeah. Which is, which is, yeah, that's, that's pretty weird. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that pissed fans off too. And didn't they like, didn't like add a huge patch at the end of three or something to extend the ending or do something to it? Do you know what I'm talking about? They did something. I can't remember yeah, what it was. Everybody got, everybody got super, super mad. And then, so what they did was they, they did like an expansion or like they created some additional scenarios or something to, to the end of the game. I don't even know if it was like a cutscene or, you know, kind of like they released some, some additional scenarios to two after it was out. So I, I, I don't really know because I didn't play it as soon as it came out. So I don't know if what I played was, with the extended stuff included or not. Ah, uh, gotcha. Which is interesting. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. It says, apparently, Rider Awakens in Andromeda 2819. What? Okay. Okay. So, so Andromeda is like after that. So the actual game takes place after the end of Mass Effect 3, but the journey started between oh, 2 and 3. That, so That makes sense. So the it begins in 2185, but in... Um, Cryostasis? <laughs> yeah, I guess. So in the actual gameplay with the main character starts in 2819, following a 634 journey to find that humans, along with other races, have already sailed in some of the galaxy's world. So... Cool stuff, go. man. Huh. I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, there's so much going on here and like I'm just I'm getting even pumped, even more pumped. And the other thing is that if you are pumped about this game, you'll be able to play it Thursday if you subscribe to EA Origin whatever access. Um <laughs> you'll be able to play you'll be able to play the first ten hours of the game and you can expect impressions from me, written or otherwise, before the game comes out. If you don't want to do that, I'll do it for you. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on it as well. I think I might wait till after I play the uh, through three first. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it sounds definitely sounds exciting. Yeah, I would not skip three. Like the fanboys got pissy about it, but I wouldn't skip three because it's it's an excellent game. I mean, story storyline aside, it's a great ride, and you know, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I the ending didn't bother me that much, but. You know, I think you're going to really enjoy it. If you like two, you're going to love three. Cool. Cool. Can't so wait. Don't man. skip it. <laughs> Ran kind of long this, this time. <laughs> so guys, uh, if you haven't already go visit the site, I don't know how, if you're listening to this, you haven't visited the site. That's this <laughs> techpedition.com. That's T-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N.com and go to slash subscribe there and you can uh, subscribe to the podcast and uh, on any of the popular podcasting platforms. 
And yeah, uh, shoot us an email at fans at techpedition.com. And yeah, we're at techpedition on all of the various social medias, etc. So what was it? What was that new thing that you added us to that has like background music and stuff? What was that called? Yeah, that's a new thing called anchor.fm, I think. Um, yeah, and this. I really like that. It's kind of, I don't know if we're going to keep using it. It's kind of a, think of, uh, Snapchat, but for audio. So ah. the, the bad part about it, about it as a content creator, everything on there is gone in 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you serious? Yeah. So that in that sense is definitely uh, the Snapchat, uh, the audio equivalent yeah. to Snapchat. So, so I don't know how much time I want to spend into putting stuff on there if it's not going to be uh, stay out there. You know what I'm saying? But I, yeah, I like I like weird. the setup and how it is. Uh, it's just that ephemeral part of it is kind of weird. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, check out the website and um. We will see you guys uh, hopefully before next month, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, guys. Very, very quick. Go south. 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 I can't. I can't beat that. <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.